Hello all and welcome to Black in Fashion. Before we get started, I wanted to give a disclaimer from the preview episode. In the preview, I say that each week you can expect three types of episodes, which implied to many that I'd be releasing three episodes each week. While I am launching three episodes, as you can see, I'll only be releasing one episode per week. And each week the episode will be one of those three types of episodes I described in the preview episode. So one week we'll have a profile, one week we'll have an interview, and then another week we would have a discussion. One of the three. He told us to start that thing we've always wanted to start. Pursue that project. Move to that city. Just do it. Do it and surround yourself with unconditional love at all times. My name is CJ and welcome to Black in Fashion, a podcast that highlights key black figures who have impacted the world of fashion as we know it today, as well as those who continue to influence its ever-changing industry. Each episode, we'll profile different people from past to present, as well as conduct interviews and engage in dialogue around race and diversity within the fashion industry. For today's episode, I want to profile the person who inspired me to start this podcast, the first time I saw this person was at a Q&A of his documentary. The documentary itself was absolutely amazing, and I loved every second of it. His personality was infectious, and he was so kind. He complimented so many people's outfits in the audience and even asked them to come on stage, which was also amazing. Overall, he was humble, sweet, and had tons of wisdom. During the Q&A, he said something that resonated with me. He told us to start that thing we've always wanted to start. Pursue that project. Move to that city. Just do it. Do it and surround yourself with unconditional love at all times. So, for this first episode, I want to profile the legendary, larger-than-life, fashion icon otherwise known as Andre Leon Talley. Andre Leon Talley was born October 16, 1948 in Washington, D.C., but was raised in Durham, North Carolina by his grandmother, Benny Francis Davis. Even though he wasn't exactly raised by his parents for most of his childhood, he cited his grandmother as his best friend and one of the most important people in his life. She was a cleaning woman at Duke University, but he also credited her with being the first person from which he gained an understanding of luxury. Now, they were by no means a rich family, but I want you to envision his grandmother as the ideal, poised, southern Christian woman— The house was always kept clean, and there was always food on the table, so Andre was pretty well kept as a child. His interest in fashion was inspired in part by his raising in the black community and going to church every Sunday. He was very excited about attending church every week, both for the sermon and for the fashion. People would sport their Sundays best, so think about the colors, the hats, shoes, handbags, brooches, accessories. It was all the equivalent of the runway for him. So his interest in fashion only grew when he discovered Vogue magazine in his local library. He was captivated by the pages filled with models, fashion, beauty, and fashion can have that effect on people at times. It can inspire a sense of aspiration or ethereal beauty. It was his only access to the world outside of his own. So for those of you that don't know, this fascination with Vogue at such a young age was sort of foreshadowing his future as he would eventually become one of the most respected names at Vogue magazine decades later. But before we get to that, let's go back to his upbringing. 
Now, growing up and through adolescence, he was described as loud, charismatic, and dramatic. You always knew when he was coming down the hallway, whether you heard him or saw what he was wearing first, but Andre always made a statement. After high school, Andre Leontali attended North Carolina Central University, where he earned his B.A. in French literature. After that, he earned a scholarship to Brown University, where he earned his M.A. in French literature. Fun fact, Andre is actually fluent in French from his own studies and his own interest in the language. So there are a few interviews in his documentary, which is called The Gospel According to Andre. I will be citing that like throughout this entire episode, so it's definitely a must-see. But anyway, there were a few interviews in his documentary where he's giving runway commentary and conducting interviews entirely in French, which I thought was pretty amazing, especially since it was pretty much self-taught. Now that we have more background on his upbringing, let's venture into his career and how he became the fashion legend we know today. After completing his MA, Andre moved to New York City, where he began to work for Andy Warhol at the studio known as The Factory for Interview Magazine, which I also didn't know was still in publication. Interview Magazine was actually co-founded by Andy Warhol and John Wilcock. Andre started working for Interview Magazine, where he worked as a secretary for about $50 a week. While working there, he also volunteered at the Met, or the Metropolitan Museum of Art, where he also worked under the former editor-in-chief of Vogue, the iconic Diana Vreeland. Now, Diana Vreeland was very eccentric, grandiose, and had a huge personality that seemed pretty intimidating to most, but Andre greatly admired her. He was drawn to her. She was his mentor, and she also, according to Andre, reminded him of his own grandmother, which is probably why he was so drawn to her. Without giving too much more away from the documentary, Ms. Vreeland helped Andre land a job at Women's Wear Daily. From there, he held positions at W, the New York Times, and eventually Vogue as their fashion news director in 1983. He was around his early 30s, I would think like 34. Five years later, he became creative director of Vogue. So during his time, he would travel the world and report on fashion shows and collections during the different fashion weeks. He interviewed names like Karl Lagerfeld and would engage with them fluently in French. It was really this point where he seemed to make a name for himself in the world of fashion. Now, he did leave Vogue for a time in 1995 to work for W Magazine in Paris, but he returned in 1998 where he worked as an editor-at-large until 2013. So during this period, many of us remember Andre as the right-hand and very familiar figure next to Anna Wintour at almost every New York Fashion Week show and event. She also credited him to helping her with her fashion history because he had a plethora of fashion knowledge history in his mind, and he would literally drop it without warning. Like, listening to him commentate on these shows from the early days of his career was like no other. He could look at a piece and make a reference from, like, 18th century French couture. If he was a professor, I would die to take his fashion history course. Today, he stepped out of the main world of fashion, but he does host a show on Sirius XM. He participates in fashion documentaries, also has his own. He serves on the board of trustees for SCAD. Shout out to my alma mater. He's also made a few appearances on talk shows, does lectures, Q&As around the world, and pretty much does whatever he wants. So now that I've given you a little bit more about who Andre Leontali is and his career, let's talk about why he's so important to know in fashion. At a time when race was often put on the back burner, if ever acknowledged in a predominantly white industry, Andre Leontali stood out and stepped ahead of many. 
Andre is an unapologetic, outspoken, black gay man of size and fashion. Whoopi Goldberg said it best. He was everything he wasn't supposed to be. At the height of his career, he wasn't one who you would imagine when thinking of a big, influential name in the fashion industry. But he was more than just a huge personality because he actually knew his stuff. He didn't just gawk at French couture, but could fluently engage with French designers who didn't expect a man with his identity to speak so eloquently or be so knowledgeable of fashion history and the arts. He's worked alongside names like Diana Vreeland and Anna Wintour and helped jumpstart the career of names like Manolo Blahnik and Tom Ford. Despite these credentials, no amount of fashion knowledge, designer clothes, or French fluency could mask his identity, so racism was almost inevitable throughout his career. He did not discuss race often because he was, in a sense, the only one. I'm sure many of us have experienced a time where we're the only person of color in a room. But imagine being the only person of color in a lecture hall full of white people being asked to discuss race. You're put in a position to represent an entire population of people who come from diverse backgrounds and different walks of life. So that can be overwhelming, to say the least. Although he was able to grow in his career, he did encounter different forms of racism throughout. So, for example, someone in PR at YSL or Yves Saint Laurent, which is a Parisian fashion house, used to refer to him as Queen Kong, which was sort of like, I guess, a joke amongst her peers. But that was wildly offensive. There was a particular instance where one of his former bosses at Women's Wear Daily alluded to Andre being in and out of every designer's bed in Paris for him to get as far as he had. And obviously he took extreme offense to that, as anyone would considering all he had accomplished by this point of his career. So it's almost like there's no way that a man with this identity who looks and acts the way you do could possibly have gotten this far without sleeping with whomever to get to this point. You know, it was completely ridiculous. But these were just a few of many instances, I'm sure Andre has experienced like racism within the fashion industry. While upsetting, neither of those instances really come as a huge surprise. And I'm sure they weren't the only instances of racism. But he would respond to such actions through his work. Now, many may not know this, but Andre did fight the good fight from within by using his influence to push industry players into showcasing black talent and beauty in the pages of Vogue, Designer Runways, and other mainstream publications. For example, in 1996, he helped organize a photo shoot for a spread titled Scarlet in the Hood, which was based on Gone with the Wind. Now, while I'm not a huge fan of that title, it was a photo shoot where there was an entirely black cast with Naomi Campbell being sort of portraying Scarlett O'Hara from Gone with the Wind. And this black main cast had all white servers. So you had some cameo from names like Manolo Blahnik, who I said earlier, as well as John Galliano. Ironically, this was before the whole anti-Semitic incident, but still sort of ironic, John Galliano was included there. But granted, this was still a huge step for 1996. And he also did a cover story for Vogue's March 2009 issue, which featured our forever First Lady, Michelle Obama. As great as these accomplishments are, he cited one particular moment as the proudest moment of his 45-year career at the Q&A I attended. So someone asked him if he had ever been considered for the role of editor-in-chief of Vogue. And to that, he laughed and said no, but he shared a story with us. The morning Edward Innifold was announced as the new editor-in-chief in British Vogue in April 2017, Andre sent him an email applauding him and just praising him for that historic 
accomplishment as being the first black man to lead such a prestigious fashion publication. And to that, Inafu replied right away, thanking Andre and saying that he actually paved the way for him to get to where he is today. So Andre Leon Talley never stopped being himself, never stopped living in his truth, and never stopped using his influence to push for more inclusivity and diversity within the fashion industry, which he gets little to no credit for. While the industry has a long way to go, Andre Leon Talley has paved the way for much of the diversity that we see in fashion today. You can find Black in Fashion on Instagram and Twitter at B-L-K-N-F-S-H-N. Again, that's B-L-K-N-F-S-H-N, just like the logo. Thank you for listening.